Let's face it, being on the tech team is sometimes a thankless job. There's a lot of pressure and a lot of tension sometimes between the tech team and the worship team. Well, it's a conflict that we don't like to talk a lot about, but it does happen from time to time. Today, we have an interesting conversation with a gentleman who has worn both hats, actually several hats over the years. He's been a tech team director, and now he's a senior pastor, and he's going to share some insights on how to deal with conflict that many times arises uh, between these two teams. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, and uh, my name, of course, is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. What's new for you? Um, I don't know. Just fixing problems, right? Yeah. There's, it's been a, a good week. So yeah, <laughs> very right. few problems. Nothing broke. Very All few right. problems, no big challenges. All right. Well, Steve uh, is our CEO and uh, whatever you are, founder of StreamingChurch.tv, as well as some other products we have. Uh, and most of your job, Steve, is is uh, fixing things that other people break. So uh, we're glad to have you here. So we have got a great podcast today. This is episode, I don't know what it is, 287, I think. And again, nobody cares. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it with a gentleman today who is uh, pretty unique because he does pastoral work now. He's a senior pastor, uh, but he also has a lot of tech background. And his name is Judah Thomas, and Judah has been in full-time ministry now for uh, uh, probably uh, close to 20 years, and he has been uh, involved in all sorts of areas like technical director, uh, children's pastor, executive pastor, small groups pastor, worship pastor, chief cook, and bottle washer. Is that a <laughs> title? Okay. I wish. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, now he's the lead pastor of Thrive Church. And uh, we'll try to repeat that website later, but I think it's thrive.church. And uh, he's, he's really passionate about, you know, teaching and, and, and doing stuff in a creative manner. He's got a lot of hobbies as well, like music, of course, and he loves the outdoors. And uh, he lives with his wife, Carrie, and they've got four children. And it, uh, we'll give you some insight here on in how you can connect with him on his blog and on Twitter. But uh, uh, Pastor Judah... Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Well, we're glad to have you. And, and you're up there in uh, Connecticut, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the frozen chosen, as people like to call us up here. So, <laughs> Well, it's springtime, and yet you had some snow. Yeah. I mean, he, the, the weather here is always so unpredictable. I mean, you know, a couple of days ago, we had 75 degree weather, and then it dropped below freezing. This morning, we had snow. We, we really don't know what any day brings for us. So, <laughs> All right. So you're a real round, rounded, well-rounded guy. We talk to a lot of pastors and they go, oh, I was the worship leader. I was the pastor. I was this. None of them claim children's ministry 
under that banner. And you're, I think, one of the first that has did children's ministry and all these other roles. Yeah, well, really set you apart. Yeah, well, you, you know, I, the the the, uh, the ace up my sleeve, I suppose, with those things is the fact that uh, my dad was a pastor as well. So I grew up in the church and I just kind of from an early age just started jumping in. And so so kids ministry was, I think, probably one of my first like real ministry roles. And I did that for, I don't know, probably uh, 12 years teaching every week, uh, doing wow. that, doing vacation Bible schools and all those things. So, yeah. so I, I love kids. But yeah, I'm, I, I've woven in and out of pretty much uh, every area of ministry you can imagine. So, <laughs> Well, uh, that, that you're well-rounded, as, as Steve would say. So you wrote uh, a little article, and you've written a number of articles over the years, and uh, we, we, I loved every one of them. And, and one of them is, uh, Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you one? And I thought we would talk a little bit about today, and particularly with your tech background sure. and your worship background, and of course now you're a senior pastor. Um, I can just tell you from my experience, and I kind of a little similar experience as you do in some of those areas. I remember I walked in this church that I became the worship leader at. It was actually Steve's church a long time ago. And uh, I remember right away there was tension between uh, the worship team, and by worship team I mean me, uh, mm-hmm. and the tech and, and, and the people doing sound. And some of these guys, we know these guys, and we're good friends now. They're probably listening now already and going, ugh. But there was tension between us, uh, and, and I'm sure you've seen that over the years. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. In one of the, you make a statement in one of your articles about it's very difficult to make any real progress for the kingdom of God without conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, so address that a little bit and how all that relates to working with tech people, especially if you're in the area of, of music or if you're a senior pastor. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that, that quote there was inspired by the fact that many of us forget that we have a enemy who is fighting tooth and nail uh, against the work that we do. You know, it, it's easy to think, oh, oh, I do tech. So whether I do tech in church or whether I do tech in a studio somewhere, it's all the same. It's not the same because when you're in a studio somewhere, your, your competitor, if you will, your enemy is maybe the other studio, uh, you know, across the country or across the street or whatever. But here in our context, our our competitor, our enemy is is not the church down the street because we all should be on the same team. But we have an enemy. Scripture says that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And one of the things that I believe that he does is he comes to bring division, because if he can't knock us out of the picture, maybe with sin or whatever else, what he'll do is he'll get us fighting each other. So that way we essentially become impotent in our uh, witness in our ability to serve the Lord. And, and I believe that that division in the church is probably one of the most detrimental things that can happen. So so it's important to realize where this stuff is is rooted. I, I've, I've met with so many uh, tech people and worship people over the years, and, and they've never felt the level of, of tension and conflict as they have in church. And I believe that's why. Plus the fact that for us, like everything is high stakes, right? Like, like if, if everything that we do, if we can relate that to more people in the kingdom of God, well, what's more important than that? So people get hyper, hyper passionate, hyper focused, but as a result, it can be at the detriment of the relationships on your team. Exactly. And we, you talk about high, t- high stakes. I thought you were going to go towards 
uh, it's definitely high stakes and that people are going to, you know, we, we, we have a, a saying with a kind of a joke saying with our, it's become a joke, but we have a, a pre-meeting bet- uh, between all the tech guys and the worship band and the ushers and everybody driving the service. We kind of do a walkthrough prior to the service and we lead off the, um, the, the meeting with one of the persons there says, why are we here? They <laughs> said, because everyone spends eternity somewhere. Mm. So it really tries to align us and focus with, you know, why we are there and what the real stakes are. But the other piece of the stakes are, and we, Phil and I can appreciate that is that it's the, it's a production. It's a right. live, you're live, you know, right. and you can't have, um, you can't have the, the, the mics feeding back right in the middle of, you know, just going live or you want to avoid all these, uh, you know, high stake failures there. So it gets people's, uh, emotions running really high as well, just yeah. because of the stress of the it's moment stress. of, you know, lights, camera action. Yeah. Um, and, and for, for both people, the people who are behind the scenes or the people that are up on the stage, I mean, it's, it's, it's high high stress. I mean, if you're up on stage and everything, you know, goes dark, like, what do you do up there? Like, like, you know, you're out there and, and the same thing with the tech guys in the background. Um, they feel like oftentimes the only time anybody ever talks to them is when they screw up. And so, so it's this, it's this tough dichotomy because it's like when, when it, when a tech team is doing their job properly, nobody notices until they screw up. And then it's like, you know, who, who got these guys here? Who forgot to train them, you know, or whatever else. Yeah. Boy, that, that is so true. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your little article about how to be a peacemaker. Uh, and uh, one of the first points you bring up is remove the log. Let's talk about removing the log. And, and uh, we know that that is a reference to uh, a scripture where Jesus talks about the log. So t- t- right. tell me a little bit about that, how that applies to, uh, to both sides here. I don't, I hate to say both sides, but sure. you know, you got tech and then you got worship team and all that. Talk, yeah. talk about the log. Well, I, I think the uh, removing the log has a lot to do with humility, honestly. And, and I think that what happens is, is when I realize that I could be part of the problem. In fact, you can't really have a fight or a conflict without two sides, right? I mean, like you have to, by nature of the fact that you have a conflict means that there's two different sides. And, and one of my favorite quotes uh, in life is, is no matter how thin you slice it, there's always two sides. And so going into these conflicts, I think the, the removing the log is, is taking ownership for the fact that maybe I'm contributing part of this. And if I can go into it humbly enough to realize that Perhaps I contributed to this, whether you're, you know, a worship leader and, and, and instead of going in there and like laying into tech for this, that, or whatever, realizing, Hey, they're under pressure as well, different kind of pressure perhaps. And, and what did you do to maybe contribute to that? Maybe, maybe you forgot to, uh, to do a rundown of, of the service and what's going on. And they didn't realize that, you know, video a was supposed to play instead of video b and then or that you switched the the set list around last minute and the pro presenter you know files are all out of whack or whatever the case and it's easy to get mad saying oh you didn't have the lyrics up on time but when we can first bring it back to ourselves, like what's the log in my eye did, did i contribute to this because if we can own that first i feel that that already goes a long way to restoring 
the relationship to, to bringing peace to the situation than if you just go in there guns blazing, you know, I mean, so, so often I've, I've seen that happen where, you know, even from the stage where say tech guys are getting called out from the stage and there's nothing that like, you know, irks me more than when, when a speaker or the band or whatever starts like laying into the tech team. It's like, this is a symbiotic relationship. Like they have to right. work together and work together flawlessly in order for a service to come together. Yeah. It's risky business too. You, Cause uh, the, the tech guy ultimately has all the power. He's like, oh, oh, turn the lights right. off. I'm walking out of here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and also one of the things that's going on here is there's you typically, you don't want to stereotype two people, you know, people too much, but you know, I kind of fall into this as well. The tech guys tend to be, um, let's see, less people persons than uh, than some of the than the than the worship band or some of the other people you know doing the ministry. They're more people focused, and the the tech guys are are more you know, thing focused. <laughs> thing you focused. Don't use, you don't want to use the word nerdy. <laughs> yeah, whatever it may be, and they both get their frustrations up, right? So, yeah. are there are there things to to help? Um, cross this chasm mm. to uh i mean you talked about removing the log from your own eye are there other other thing tips and tricks to try to employ whether depending on which side of the fence you're on yeah well you, you know i mean obviously like you mentioned I, I come from a background kind of mixed in a lot of these things but i think that the the best thing that that these um different ministry leaders can do is to try to get in the head of what's going on in the other ministry positions. You know, if, if you're a worship leader, um, hey, may, maybe tech stuff is not your strong suit, but try to learn a little bit so you can at least talk coherently. Because like you said, you know, some of the tech guys are, are a little bit nerdy, but but not only that, I mean, they're, they're on this other level too, that sometimes if you get into these conflict situations, they go... Uh, really technical, and and if the worship leader is not communicating to them in a lingo that is uh, accurate or whatever, like, like that can do some damage too. You know, it's like the tech guys, like you know, like well, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like here we are, we're doing all the hard work, and and you don't know what we're talking about. I think as a as a worship leader, I mean, they should understand. Like, okay, well, what does it take to 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 run sound or, or run pro presenter? On the flip side, I think that tech directors need to understand. The pressure, like I was saying before, that it is to be up on stage. Everybody's looking at you. You're live. And and what it means if if the mic isn't working or if you're getting feedback or, you know, if, if your click track is coming through the house speakers or whatever the, the case may be. It's like they need to uh, realize it, it's um, for those up on stage like this is hugely embarrassing and they have to try to cover this and make this all work. So I think, you know, trying to find some common ground, trying to understand and, and just even if it's just nothing more than sitting down and having a conversation saying, Hey, what's it like doing what you do? You know, what's it like being behind the scenes? What's it like up on stage? Mm. They can kind of have a little bit of empathy for each other's role. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Uh, And speaking of points uh, you mentioned in your article, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Are you one? The second point you mentioned is confront in love. Now this was an area that I think I used to really struggle with. And uh, I, I probably still do, but I, I think I'm a little better at it, uh, at least with some people. Talk about confrontation and confrontation done in love. What does it look like? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a thing that I think we, we lose it on probably more than anything else. Uh, I think there's a lot of people, well, 
some people love confrontation. Some people hate confrontation. So some people never confront at all. And then you've got a whole other set of problems. Then you've got the confronters who love to confront, but man, it's, it's like brutal. And, and this idea of confronting, but with love, I mean, Jesus says that, that they'll know his followers by the love that they show. I mean, all throughout scripture, we know we see the commandment to love one another, especially those in the household of faith, especially other believers were supposed to show love. And, and kind of the, the way I related it in, in that article was just this idea of, you know, all of us have, have done things, you know, wrong before we've screwed up things. And, and we've gotten confronted by other people. And if we can put ourselves in that position for a moment and say, how would I like to be confronted? Like, how would I listen best? Would I listen best to somebody come yelling and screaming? Or would I listen best to somebody that's, you know, being empathetic? It's like, if I get pulled over on the side of the road for speeding, how, how do I want, you know, the, the officer to, to treat me? And I think if we can look at it that way, how can I confront this person? Um, and it doesn't mean to sugarcoat it. Like, I mean, I believe in calling a foul a foul. If somebody messed up, I mean, like, you know, we, you know, at our church, we just had uh, a conversation earlier this morning about some balls that were dropped, you know, at our service uh, last night and, and some things that happened. It was, it was, it was a, a big production. A lot of pieces were supposed to come together and some of them didn't. And, and hopefully it was confronted in love, but we're like, well, we can't keep doing this. But like, I, I realized that, that my team also wants it to be good. Like they don't want it to be bad. And so I think sometimes we just think that like we, we start, um, assigning meaning behind what somebody does and say, well, well, you just did that to be spiteful, or you just did that because you're incompetent or, or or we try to put a meaning like why they did it. Well, you know what? Maybe they just screwed up. Maybe there was a, a legitimate technical problem. Maybe there was, you know, we don't know what it is. And if we can come in it like amped down a little bit. And if, if you're angry, like don't, don't confront, just like go and, chill and sit by a lake for a few minutes and you know calm down a little bit because when we confront i think it's important that we confront in the way that jesus would confront you know confronting people in love valuing the person correcting the problem of course but kind of separating the problem from the actual person so um i think you know our leadership at our church i think you borrowed this from john maxwell but they had the saying that um, if 10% of the people aren't angry with you, you're not doing anything, uh, something, <laughs> something along those lines, you know, and you're not leading unless, sure. and, and to not really, you know, worry too much about that 10%. So that kind of goes to your comment or in the article that talked about, if you don't have conflict, you're not growing, you're not healthy. Can you right. expand on, on that? Why, why is that? Well, you know, Conflict is a, is a fact of life and, and kind of going back to what I was saying about we have an enemy, you know, the, the best illustration I like in this um, kind of scenario is the idea of playing football, right? Like if you're playing football, you're on the field, if you're not getting hit by the opponent, then that means that you're either not playing or you're not playing very well. But as soon as you start playing well, the opponent, they, they, they perk up, they start trying to hit harder. And I believe that's the same thing in church as well, that as we grow, as we are advancing the kingdom of God, we start to experience opposition, like I said, from our enemy. But we also, as we're growing, we're adding more people onto our teams where, you know, people who used to wear, you know, seven, eight hats are now only wearing one hat. And those other hats are filled by other people 
And, and sometimes it's tough for that person who used to wear seven, eight hats um, to look at these people and give them the room to do the job differently. And this was a challenge that I personally had because, again, I, I've wore a lot of hats, um, you know, graphic design and kids ministry and, and, you know, band and all these things. But now in my role, like I can't micromanage those areas. It, it'd be very easy to say, well, well, that's not how I would do it. Well, that's also not my job and my role any longer. So now I have to support my team as best as I possibly can. So when the tech team comes and they say, hey, we, we need X, Y, Z equipment. And I'm thinking, well, well I, that's not what I would, you know, I, I would prefer this other brand. It's like I could steamroll through that or I could support their decision, realizing that they're never going to do it the same way I did. And in fact, they're probably doing it better, but my ego gets in the way. And I think that my way was the better way. That's, that's, I think there's a lot of truth in what you just said there. Help bring restoration. So uh, the goal, I'll go ahead and read you again, a quote that you made uh, earlier. The goal of making peace with, uh, with other is not to prove that you or someone else is in the right. The goal is to bring peace. Expound on that a little bit. How do you do that? And what's this? What's the what's three easy steps? Yeah. Well, you know, I, you can win the battle and lose the war, right? I mean, you can go in there and prove that you're right and end up damaging your team. You could end up, you know, damaging an individual. You could end up getting them to step out of ministry or um or leave the church or potentially even walk away from God. Now, obviously, these are individual decisions that people have to make. But if you're not handling conflict in a God-honoring way, it can certainly do damage. And, and I think that that at the end of the day, like, you know, sometimes I ask myself when there's a, a conflict or, or something else going on, I think like, will, will this situation matter to me next week? And honestly, probably 90% of them won't. Some of them do. And if they do, then I can ramp it up. Will it matter to me next month? Or will it matter to me next year? And then when we kind of put that time on it, we realize, you know, maybe me winning this argument is not the most important thing. Maybe what I need to do is take a more humble uh, perspective and and see, like, maybe there's something underneath the issue or underneath um, uh, the, the, the conflict that's going on. I mean, we've had uh, issues uh, in the past, some conflict situations. And and although I'm tempted to go in guns blazing, and sometimes I still do, but uh, but in a couple of times, like if I can slow, slow down and, and talk to the person as an individual, and I found out that like, oh, somebody's, you know, really stressed at work and their, their work is overwhelming them. And then they're coming here and it's like going from one stress to another stress. And, and they're actually snapping, you know, in a, in a maybe a, an ungood, uh, you know, an ungodly attitude, but they're snapping based on the fact they've already been at work for 10 hours at a boss who's been grilling them for something else. And, and then now we come there and I say, Hey, you know, uh, you forgot to turn the mic on and then they lose it. And I'm like, what, what's the deal? Like, you know, the mic should be on. And so understanding that, the, yeah, I can prove that the mic should be on, but ultimately that's not going to win a friend. It's not going to win uh, somebody who's serving in ministry. What's more important is that we are, are going in the same direction. And, and that's something also that, that I've come to realize in conflict resolution with uh, being married um, or in church or whatever, is realizing that you have the same goal, right? Like, like, like we have the same goal. Like 
you said before, we want the service to go off flawlessly. Like that's all of our goal. Now, if you don't have that same goal, clearly you shouldn't be on the team, you know, at that point. I mean, but, but as long as we have the same goal, now we realize that we're just coming at it from different angles. You know, you're, you're trying to, you know, maybe fix a problem. You know, one of my pet peeves is trying to, to fix a, a tech problem with equipment rather than training. You know, it's like, there, there's a time and place for both of those, but it's like, until we've trained properly, maybe the equipment doesn't matter as much. And so, so, but we can sit there and argue, but first I gotta, we gotta like find some common ground. Hey, we're on the same team. Like they want this, you know, service to be great. I want this service to be great. Worship leader wants the service to be great. So why are we all arguing about it? Okay. Let's start with the center piece in mind. Okay. We're all on the same team. We're all going for the same touchdown. Now let's work out the differences that we have. And, and, you know, honestly, sometimes you can't work it out hundred um, percent. And at those times we have to learn to just love and forgive and, and maybe make some hard decisions uh, if it comes to that as well. But, uh, but hopefully, you know, as long as we can do things scripturally, not calling out people in public, not calling them out from the stage, not calling them out in a group of people, having those one to one-on-one conversations, not trying to prove my way is the best way Just saying, Hey, Here's what we're trying to accomplish. You know, if, if this is what you feel is the best, like sell me on it. Like, like let's, let's have a conversation around this and hopefully we can get to some unity uh, in the midst of all of it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's difficult to, to, uh, to do what I want to suggest right now, but because of the pandemic, although hopefully the pandemic is going to be behind us eventually here, Yeah. but uh, relationships are so important and it seems to me that sometimes if you can, if you could meet with somebody out of the environment, maybe away from the church auditorium and yeah. just having a cup of coffee and just kind of building some relationship uh, that at least I have found in the past that that has been very helpful because you begin to see, you know, that person can see you as human <laughs> yeah. and, and you can see them as human. And I think it helps build peace. Uh, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, I, it's hard to do right now because of COVID, uh, yeah. although places are kind of loosening up now and, and hopefully we'll be able to get back to normal, at least some type of normal in the near future. But I think relationships are so important in every aspect of ministry. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's that's something that I've seen uh, done poorly at times in the past where mm-hmm. where people become a means to an end yeah. and it's like, as long as you're providing a service that helps us accomplish our goal, we love you. But as soon as you stop providing that service, well, then yeah. we toss you to the side and we go yeah. on to the next person. And, and, and that's, that's tragic. I understand why that happens. But, you know, I've found that with, with our team, if I can be friends with them, yeah. um, we hear each other better. Because yeah. when, when it's, it's like, okay, you're not against me. Like, you don't hate me. Like you, you want the same thing. Like, I think friends can work these things out. Whereas I've seen other toxic situations where, you know, worship leaders in tech, it's like, not only are they not friends, they don't even like each other. And, and then it's like, and then you're supposed to go play, you know, you're supposed to go and, and put together a, a God honoring service on Sunday morning. It's like, how's that going to happen? You know, you, yeah. you're just both there crossing your arms saying, I'm not going to budge you budge. That, that's not a, not a very good place to be. Yeah, really hard. All right. So look, we're out of time here. But uh, Judah Thomas has been our guest, Pastor Judah Thomas. He's with Thrive Church. And you can look at the website thrive.church. Am I right on that? Hopefully. Yes, I am. yes. 
And yep. you've also, you got you still have your blog going? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't uh, write on it as often as I'd like to, but yeah, I still got the blog going. So that's okay. judahtea.com. So. Judah, Judah, uh, the, the name Judah and then t.com. And you're yep. also on Twitter as uh, Judah Thomas on Twitter, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, it, same as uh, on Instagram as well. I'm, I'm more active on Instagram than, than Twitter these days. Okay. All right. Well, good deal. Well, look, we're out of time. We sure appreciate your time today, Judah. Thank you so much for being our guest today on the uh, podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Nice, nice chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it again. We, you've got uh, lots of good uh, material I've seen over the last year out there and, and I'm going to hit you up again if that's okay. Sounds and, good. Uh, we'll do that again. All right. All right. Steve Lacey, thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. All right. And folks, thank you for uh, uh, watching and listening to our Church Solutions podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. Please take care of yourselves. We'll catch you again next time.